3: linkedin the place to be to be
4: afrotech 2017 san francisco california jessica matthews founder and ceo at uncharted power is on the main stage engaged in a fireside chat her sustainable energy technology company is growing very quickly She's learned a lot about team building, which she discusses, as well as realizing her own power to overcome big problems and solve complex issues, even without the same credentials as the next person.
5: What I can tell you is not what I did, which were just several mistakes. I can tell you what I've learned from them. The biggest mistake I made and that I have to really work on every day, despite the learnings, is this assumption that I can't. what's needed. Like me, I don't have the ability to do what's needed to scale my company because I didn't have this fancy experience or I didn't do this fancy thing. The reality is when you're building something that's really innovative, there is no right way to do it. There's only a right way to think and feel about it, which is unbelievable, so persistent passion. And what I found, like I would hire these high pollutant people from these fancy companies and bring them in. And they'd be basic as hell, and I'd be like, "Why are you so basic? I don't get it. Like, I don't have a degree in this, and I'm about to Google my way to being significantly better than you. It's because, <laughs> no, and it's because like they, you know, and even Richard Branson will say this stuff. He's like, "Yo, hire for culture, not not for skill set." A smart person can learn almost anything, or you can have a consultant and ask them questions. But when you bring them on the team, and they think they have the skill set, but they don't have the culture, when things change, when you have to deal with certain scenarios, it can be tough for them. And so we at one point were almost 25, and we're right now down to 16, because I just noticed there were a lot of basic people eating up my burn rate.
4: I'm Will Lucas, Mrs is Black Tech, Green Money. I'm going to introduce you to some of the biggest names, some of the brightest minds, and brilliant ideas. If you're black in building or simply using tech to secure your bag, this podcast is for you. Tara Reed is founder of Apps Without Code, an online learning platform which teaches anyone how they can build and launch an app to any of the big platforms like Apple's App Store and Google Play, however, without writing a line of code. She's a big evangelist of the idea that technology has advanced to such a place where building an app is the easy part. However, I asked her about being that it's so easy. Are there still any real excuses to be used for an entrepreneur to not have their app idea done?
1: Oh, well, I mean, there are all kinds of excuses for people not (laughs) doing stuff and launching their ideas that they have. So, yes, there are excuses. There's always an excuse. But in terms of technology and like I can't do it. It's it's possible now. Yeah, so much has changed over the past really like five years about what was possible to build and i've gotten to really see and and largely usher in this whole new wave of people building things and building their ideas their app ideas without having to have a computer science degree or pay twenty thousand dollars to hire a developer to build it for them like people can really build their products themselves now without code and using apps that code techniques yeah
4: now you said so much has changed over the past couple years what has changed yeah. that allows some somebody- who does not have a technical background didn't start coding at two and a half years old
1: yes you know that's right
4: what what happened
1: so before it used to be that if you had an idea for an app or an online business and really by the way an app is just something that you log into. So if it has a username and a password that you can log into, it's an app. Even if it's on your computer, it's an app. So sometimes we think about apps as just the thing that's in the app store that you download. But we use apps all day, every day. If you log into it, I can't even keep track of all my passwords sometimes. If you log into it, it's an app, right? So so if you had an idea for something that someone would log into, you would have had a couple options before. You would have had to hire someone to build it for you. And usually pricing for that starts at 20K and up. Or you would have to find someone to be your tech business partner. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you want to get someone that you trust and not rush that process. And not everybody has network so that they know a bunch of developers and coders to make an app for you. Or you would have to learn to code, um, which again, nothing wrong with it. It just takes a few years for most people to get to a proficiency level. And technology moves so fast that you spending two years just to learn a new skill before you start, like that idea is gone. And so you used to have those options. And what changed is that the platforms, the software available to let people build apps changed before you used to need to know a coding language to do it. And now you can build apps in English. So the way that works is you design the app by drag, drop, point, click. You like, like you're making a PowerPoint presentation. You put what you want on the page and then you tell the app what to do in English. So like, it literally says, if the user clicks the button, then log them in. And it says that in English, as opposed to you having to learn a whole nother language to tell the app what to do. So you write these logic statements and the logic statements tell the app what to do. And that's what's changed.
4: So there's so many people who I would imagine come to you and say, hey, I hear you saying all this stuff that sounds good, but yeah, you know, I still have a problem opening the PDF, right? And so like, yeah. like what kind of person is best suited to be building an app without code, and what kind of person yeah. should still just leave it to somebody else, you know, to, yeah, to go handle that's it a good it. question.
1: Great question. Okay, so there's some basic just tech skills competency that it helps to have. For example, like your point if answering your email is hard, <laughs> you should outsource it, somebody else can do it for you. You have other zones of genius, right? And that's just like real talk, like there are other people who can do it for you. I still think you should have someone else build it without code, particularly if you're just starting. You can have someone else build it without code for you because that way it gets done in a fraction of the time and the fraction of the cost. You still want that, Um, but you may hire someone else to do it for you. Um, There's also some just like general logic skills it helps to have. So I just gave an example earlier where it's like if the user clicks the button, then log them in. The concept of if this, then that. There are some professions where even if you've never built an app, like because you do this kind of thing at work, people pick it up so fast. So, like for example, um, if you use Excel at all, like it'll be a breeze and easy. You do lots of logic in Excel, right? If you are, um, you have part of your job is to give people detailed instructions. You'll be good at it um people who have people have like logical a lot of critical thinking in their work there's some roles where like there's a little bit of a larger gap for example like when I talk to people who are artists right where it's all full free-form creativity the computer is not smart enough to understand your freeform creativity ideas. So you're going to have to give it like step-by-step instructions, which you can totally learn. But though, like people who, for example, are struggling with the email and getting your email open, outsource that. Use your zone of genius for something else.
4: So I wonder, like, is there a certain type of app that I can build without code? Because I wonder if, if I wanted to make the next TikTok, could I do that yeah. without learning how to code versus if I was trying to make, you know, a spreadsheet versus, you know, kinda kinda app. I would imagine there's probably some limitations or no? You you tell me. No,
1: there are limitations. So it's probably easier for me to tell you what you can't do than to tell you what you can do because most stuff you can do now. And I'll preface this by saying that every time people ask me a question about what you can't do without code, like the next month someone comes out with the software that like allows you to do this. So it does change. Um, for example, I used to say that like augmented reality not really possible yet without code like i'm sure someone's working on it but not yet possible but it's now possible actually facebook has a tool called spark ar which allows you to build augmented reality apps without code so like that's no longer true so i say that to say that like if someone launches something this the this space is developing quickly so like people will launch stuff um the things that are still hard to do without code emoji apps you know those apps where like you create your own emojis and they embed into your keyboard Still hard to do without code virtual reality so not augmented reality augmented reality is where like let's say you hold up your phone and it puts like we see this a lot in like snapchat or t- or TikTok or filters right that's an that's an augmented reality you still see some the normal thing through the camera but you put a hat on top of the person's head or you you augment what's actually happening in reality um so that now is actually possible virtual reality is where like you have like a headset for example and you change the whole world your whole world World is now you're in a different land, right? So virtual reality still, I haven't seen a lot of really good tools for no code with virtual reality. Augmented reality, yes. Virtual reality, no. Um, what else? Um, there are some limitations in, like, um, and this kind of depends on the tool, in um, cryptocurrency thus far without code and really plugging into cryptocurrency platforms and doing cryptocurrency deals and transactions and letting people pay in cryptocurrency, that still is not amazingly smooth without code. Uh, but those those are the biggest areas that I see people stuck with. And there used to be other areas and then someone came out with a tool. So like things you can do. Um, and actually we have like a couple common structures that we find most people's app ideas fall into, um, and these are all totally possible. So. Most of the time, um, many app ideas will give you the categories. So they will, an app that recommends things, right? Think like Tinder, for example, where it's giving you recommendations based on something. An app that gives you like a community. So think like Facebook, think TikTok, think Instagram, like a community-based app, really good for building without code. Um, a marketplace app where people are like buying and selling things from each other. Think like Airbnb, people can buy and sell. Also a, um, I would call it like a service tracking app. So think like Uber, where you like book a thing and you can track the progress or even like Domino's pizza tracker. Like those are like examples of those sorts of tracking, service tracking. Um, think like also um, tracking of a like numbers or metrics, so things like Fitbit or even like Salesforce, where you're tracking the progress or process of a uh, transaction, a sale, uh, uh, your health, whatever that might be. What am I forgetting here, I'm missing? Those are really common ones. There's a couple more that we often have people fall into, but like those are things you totally can do and I would count consider those things like easy to do yeah. without code now.
6: How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N.
4: Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice and grow black owned businesses
0: But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque.
4: Yeah, at, at what point do you think it we'll we will get to the place where we don't feel like we have to tell our kids and our young people, go learn the code, because no code has gotten so um, sophisticated where you don't have to go get the engineering situation. Is are we still like a decade out, two decades, or are we a couple years out or will that always be that you still. I
1: don't know that we should be doing that period. Like there is a movement where it's like, everybody go learn to code. Like I recognize that particularly for folks of color. We're like, Oh, look, that's where the money job is. Everybody should go learn to code. I don't know if that's the right narrative. Um, in the same way that I don't know it's the right narrative that like when we say everybody should go be a doctor, right? That's that's where the money is. I think when we do that, particularly as people of color, we end up being like behind the curve because by the time the generation Whoever is giving that recommendation realizes that that's where the money is. That next generation, like the money is moved to a different kind of place. So um, while I don't think it's a bad thing to be a developer, to be clear, um, I think we really want to teach people how to be, and our people particularly, how to be good problem solvers. Um, The concept of thinking like an engineer, that part is useful regardless of what you do. And when I say thinking like an engineer, I really mean in this scenario, like, There there is a sequence of events that need to happen. And there's a logic behind those sequence of events. And if you want to go be a lawyer and use that um, knowledge, if you want to go be a developer and use that knowledge, if you want to go be an artist and use that knowledge, that's still relevant. So I'm not a huge backer of like this whole everybody should code movement in the first place. Um, I think that the distinction, though, to directly answer your question is depending on if you're trying to get a job in tech or you're trying to do entrepreneurship in tech, right? So if you're trying to get a job, you still need to learn to code. There are not enough companies yet who are hiring no code developers. There are more and more. So if you go on like Upwork, for example, you see all these job postings for no code developers now. Um, But most big companies are looking for you to code, right? So if that's the goal, go learn to code. If your goal is entrepreneurship, and particularly if you're not technical already, like you're not technical, you're interested in entrepreneurship, it may not make sense to go spend years learning a new skill set when you probably ultimately in the company that you build will be doing something else. Like you might be the CEO and at some point not coding at all. And in that scenario, your goal is to get as quickly to paying customers as possible. And so whatever way you can do that, usually no code will get you there much faster. That makes more sense. So if it's about job, definitely you still have to go learn to code. I think we're five, maybe 10 years out plus from that changing. um, Just because of how no code has gotten popularized and I think how we're talking about it, I don't think that the no code community and space has done a great job talking about what no code is such that it's gotten the adoption that it deserves.
4: Yeah. And, you know, it, what's so interesting to me is you didn't get into this wanting to be an entrepreneur. You didn't see yourself as an entrepreneur, you no. know, growing up. And now you're running this big business, this online platform, teaching people how to do this. And a lot of folks who will be building these apps that you're, that you're evangelizing don't see themselves as people who build apps. So how yeah. do you, how do you think about, you know, reframing um your own mental process to be able to be successful because if i'm just trying to run my my small grocery store and now i'm building this app you know there's other things that go into that you know to find success versus just let me throw this up on the app store real quick and move on
1: yes Absolutely. I always tell people that they should build a business that happens to have an app, not an app that happens to have a business. The business comes first, right? And the app is just a tool that delivers it to people. In fact, a lot of the times it's not even useful to market. If you have an app idea, it's not even useful to market it as an app because in people's heads, or it's just an app, quote unquote, because in people's heads, When people hear app, they think free, 99 cents, $2, $10, some low price point. Um, But if they hear something else, right, other industries, they hear education, they hear services, all these other things, experiences we think are expensive, app we think is cheap. So even if you're building an app, you may not even want to position it that way. And that's where your point about other skill sets comes in. Because if all you're good at is building the app, you're gonna have some trouble because you won't make much money from it and really won't have a thriving business that's self-sustaining. What you really want to be thinking about is what business you build around this thing. And for me, I had started, so my background is in working in tech. I worked at Google, Foursquare, and Microsoft before becoming a full-time entrepreneur, but I was working on the business and marketing side, so I was not developing any apps. Um, And I was not planning to be an entrepreneur, like you were saying. I My plan originally was to climb the corporate ladder. The only reason, the only reason that I built an app was because I was working at the time at Microsoft and I felt like there was a lot of bureaucracy in my job and I wanted like another creative outlet that something I had control of more as opposed to sort of like the politics playing that I was feeling frustrated with at work. That's why I built my first app. I wanted like another creative outlet and I didn't have those words at the time. I can look back and say oh that's what it was I was just looking for like something that I could like create and build I like to make things Um, but really I think at the time I just felt like I like to solve hard problems there was something about the challenge of putting something out there into the world that I made that feels cool and exciting and like let me go check that out Uh, That's probably closer to the words that I had at the time. And so I I think that I did not think of myself as an entrepreneur. I don't think it's that important that when you start, you think of yourself as this hotshot entrepreneur. Um, But I do think it's important that you think about how you're going to make money with the business. And is this an idea that people are willing to pay for? And why is this idea a good use of my unfair advantage? When I say unfair advantage, I mean, something that you already know something about. I often see entrepreneurs launch something and they like know absolutely nothing about the industry that they're launching the app in or launching the business in. It's not a bad thing to do. It just means you're not leveraging your unfair advantage, which is something you already know something about. So those are all the like business skills and things that surround the app that many people who are non-technical, they already sort of have as their common sense and are refining even more. Um, those are the things that really make a big difference, at least for me, has made a really big difference in my business success. The app building piece has been just an extra thing that has enabled me to have reach and be able to enter tech in a different way.
4: Yeah, let's go in there because I, I wanted to ask you this is, how do I know? Like, what is that process that you teach people on to to say how to determine if this is a viable app idea in the first place. Because so many people will come to you like, I got an idea. What's the process you go through to, to walk them through and say, Let's find out if this is actually an idea versus just something you and your mom said was fantastic.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. So there's two parts to the process. The first is just coming up with the idea in the first place. And then the second is exactly what you're mentioning, which is going to test it and validate it to make sure this is something that will make the kind of business that you want. So the first step, I usually encourage people, I call it a smart idea formula, but to walk through a series of three questions for themselves to come up with an app idea that leverages their unfair advantage in the first place. So the first question to ask yourself is an easy one. It's like, what do I do for work? You could also do the same process with what you do as a hobby. So like, what's my hobby? Because starting there allows us to build something around something you already know something about. You know more about it than I do right? And so we start there. Then the second question is, what is one thing that is hard or time-consuming about what you do for work or what you do for a hobby? We all have parts of our jobs that we're like, oh, I got to do this part again. It's just kind of like annoying. I've got to do this, right? Um, or even things that your boss is complaining about that, you know, just repetitive processes or things that are hard or time-consuming. Even if you're a full-time parent, right, figuring out what your kids are going to be doing for that day is hard or time-consuming. And so the third question to ask yourself then is if you built an app to alleviate that stress of the thing that's hard or time consuming, what could the app do? And to start brainstorming there, that's the place to sort of focus your brainstorm around, around what you do for work or hobby, something you know something about and what's harder time consuming and what you could build there. That's the place to start. Another way to think about that is like, if I hired an assistant to help me with my job, what would I have them do? Because the chances are whatever you would have them do, that's the thing that you should build something around. So that points you in the right direction. That's the first step.
4: Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of Black communities. Along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent
0: 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions.
2: My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant.
4: Yeah. How do I get people to download it? Cuz it's one thing to have the app. Yeah. It's a whole other thing to get people to actually click download.
1: Yes. On absolutely. Business. Absolutely. So I think that there are a couple different really good ways to get word out about your app. One of the things that we do actually in our boot camp program is we teach people different ways to find folks in communities of people on social media. So that could be like Facebook groups. That could be um, on LinkedIn. People are all over the place self-identifying themselves on Twitter, of different things that they're posting about. And so we show a lot of our students how to get those first customers by reaching out in some of those places. Uh, but you want to find where the hubs of your customers are which means that you first have to get really specific about who the heck they are so if you're like oh my app is for everyone it's like that's one of the like number one rookie things that I hear people say like oh it's for everybody you really want to be specific um, because when you're specific you can go find those groups of people I guarantee you there's a Facebook group for that I guarantee you there's a meetup.com group for that I guarantee there's a bunch of people posting on Twitter about that and so those are some really good places to find people you should not assume that if you put your app in the app store people will find you that used to be the case when like apps were first coming out in app store just because you were in the app store you'd be discovered now you're likely going to be at the very bottom of the list and so you should assume that you're doing all of your own marketing and footwork and outreach to get people to you in fact i actually usually encourage the students that i work with like let's not even worry about the App Store for a minute. It's not really gonna help us. Let's launch a web app so that someone can use it on any device. You can use it on iPhone, Android, Blackberry, if you have one, whatever device, because we're gonna have to give them the link to it anyway. Mm. Um
4: yeah. How do you get non-technical people to specifically think about like utilizing existing tech versus building their own thing? Because there's so many people like you, like there's things like if you're trying to automate a process, you don't always have to build that. You could use something like Zapier or, you know, like how do you get them to think about, okay, look, if you're not really trying to build a situation off of this and there's tech available, yeah. let's probably figure out to leverage tech that's already out here.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, the, the foundation of everything that I do is leveraging tech that's already out there. And I can give you actually a story about this, because my first app idea, um, I was working at Microsoft at the time, I had just moved into a new apartment, and I was thinking about art in my home, and so my very first startup was called Collecto, and I built an algorithm, ultimately, to match people to artwork based on their taste. But when I first was starting, I was like, "Okay, I have very few resources and very little budget to get this going. So what existing tools can I use to make this happen? And what I ended up doing is, I used a tool called Survey Gizmo. It's a surveying tool. And surveys have this I used, I used Survey Gizmo in an unintended way. So, this is not how you are supposed to use Survey Gizmo, but it got me what I needed. So, surveys have like show hide logic. So, an example of this is like it'll ask you, is there a survey? And it'll say, what's your favorite color? And it's multiple choice, and you say purple. And then it'll ask you a follow up question. The next question is referencing your answer, so it'll say, "Great, what do you? Why do you like purple?" Yeah, yeah. And what it's doing is it's showing you the purple question and it's hi- purple follow up question, and it's hiding the blue follow up question. Right, that's right. Is what it's doing. It's showing and hiding the right thing. So what I did was I used that technology, um, that show and hide component in the survey, to fill in a bunch of art pieces of art into the survey. So each survey question was like a piece of art and essentially like, do you like this? Yes or no. And if people said that they liked photography, I would show all the photography and hide everything else. Or if they liked paintings that were abstract expressionists with a budget of under $500, I would show that and hide everything else. So it was automatically doing the show and hide logic. And that was the very first version of the product. It was like not an actual app. It was like a survey that I built. People actually thought it was an app. People would respond like, oh my gosh, is your app is so cool. And that first version of the product that I built made me my first $35,000 in revenue. And it also got me a hundred thousand dollar investment from 500 startups, which is a top tech accelerator in Silicon Valley. Like I remember my interview for 500 startups where we got to the part where we were talking about the tech because at that point I still was using that survey tool to make my first money. We we moved on to more sophisticated no-code tools after that. Um, But I remember the part of the interview where they asked me, you have a technical co-founder? Like who's developing this? How's that part going? And I was like, okay, all right, I've got to explain this. And I was kind of nervous about it because at the time, even more so than now, it was like, you have to have a tech co-founder. You have to have a CTO. And that was the culture. And so I explained to them how I used a survey and how we'd use existing off-the-shelf tools, things that already existed to build the product. And then I quickly pivoted it to, and here's the revenue that we've made this far, and here's all our excited customers, right? And I remember that the partners who were in the interview, they looked at each other and they nodded. Because what was clear was that this person was going to figure this out no matter what. Like, we can help her with the other stuff, but, like, she's got grit, and she's going to use the tools that already are out there to figure it out. I think it actually works to my advantage. And that was the beginning of me looking at no-code tools. I eventually wanted to get more sophisticated and found other tools. At the time, I used a tool called Bubble to build the next version of the product. Um, But that was how I started. I used existing tools that were already out there to get my first version built.
4: It's, for, it's particularly, and I've asked almost everybody on the podcast this question because it's it's so important to me, is particularly in this moment, um, this COVID, you know, hopefully end of COVID moment, this, you know, yeah. um, social unrest moment where we're trying to figure out, you know, our new social discourse and new way of dealing with each other. How important is this moment for black entrepreneurs who are looking for, you know, to, opportunities to scale their business? And looking for opportunities to do business better, how important is it that they don't miss out on the opportunity right now to be able to uh, do their thing?
1: Oh, man. I mean, so the reality is that during crisis and or recessions, that's when people, society, individuals in society make their next level up. Like that's the reality of how wealth gets generated so people say that like during a recession you go from economy to first class or you go from first class to a private jet like that's the opportunity that's the window is usually during a recession because things and industries are all being shaken up and so there's all this opportunity Right. And so, yes, you will not meet meet the opportunity at every recession and every crisis to make that jump. But there are huge opportunities there. And so particularly for folks of color, for black folks like we need to make those jumps. Right. We need to be thinking about those opportunities and making the most out of those time periods. So I would say, even though we're sort of at the hopefully end of this period we're still in it and this is not the time to be like you know what like i'm gonna play it safe like i'm just really not gonna launch that thing that i've been thinking of like this is the time for the risk it feels and it feels the opposite that's the tricky part about it it feels like the time to be like you know what let me not take risks right now a lot's going crazy in the world no this is the time where actually people are making these seismic shifts in their own income wealth class and so this is the time this is the moment right now for us to be like you know what i'm gonna take a stab at that idea
4: black tech green money is a production of blavity afrotech on the black effect podcast network and iHeartMedia. And it's produced by Morgan Debon and me, Will Lucas, with additional production support by Love Beach and Raven Nearboor. Special thank you to Micah Davis and Sakara Savanian. You know, like the wine? Yes, that's his real name. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at afrotech.com. The video version of this episode will drop to Black Tech Green Money on YouTube next week, so tap in. Enjoying Black Tech Green Money? Leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Go get your money Peace and love.
7: Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With our flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life, transform the world.
3: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
7: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ha ha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do
1: I have to say?
3: Yes, you do.
7: In the car before my
1: kid's PTA meeting. Really?
3: Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: I
2: never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void representative prohibited by law. 18
4: plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. AT&T Connects and O to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze.